0: Part three, chapter two, section two of *Under Western Eyes* by Joseph Conrad. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatria in Bangor, Maine. Part three, chapter two, section two. Peter Ivanovitch escorted the visitor without opening his lips. Even when they had reached the head of the stairs, Peter Ivanovitch did not break the silence. Razumov's impulse to continue down the flight and out of the house without as much as a nod abandoned him suddenly he stopped on the first step and leaned his back against the wall below him the great hall with its chequered floor of black and white seemed absurdly large and like some public place where a great power of resonance awaits the provocation of footfalls and voices as if afraid of awakening the loud echoes of that empty house razumov adopted a low tone i really have no mind to turn into a dilettante spiritualist peter ivanovitch shook his head slightly very serious or spend my time in spiritual ecstasies or sublime meditations upon the gospel of feminism continued razumov i made my way here for my share of action action most respected peter ivanovitch it was not the great european writer who attracted me here to this odious town of liberty it was somebody much greater it was the idea of the chief which attracted me there are starving young men in russia who believe in you so much that it seems the only thing that keeps them alive in their misery think of that peter ivanovitch no but only think of that the great man thus entreated perfectly motionless and silent was the very image of patient placid respectability of course i don't speak of the people they are brutes added razumov in the same subdued but forcible tone at this a protesting murmur issued from the heroic fugitive's beard a murmur of authority say children no brutes razumov insisted bluntly but they are sound they are innocent the great man pleaded in a whisper as far as that goes a brute is sound enough razumov raised his voice at last and you can't deny the natural innocence of a brute but what's the use of disputing about names you just try to give these children the power and stature of men and see what they will be like you just give it to them and see but never mind i tell you peter ivanovitch that half a dozen young men do not come together nowadays in a shabby student's room without your name being whispered not as a leader of thought but as a centre of revolutionary energies the centre of action what else has drawn me near you do you think it is not what all the world knows of you surely it's precisely what the world at large does not know i was irresistibly drawn let us say impelled yes impelled or rather compelled driven driven repeated razumov loudly and ceased as if startled by the hollow reverberation of the word driven along two bare corridors and in the great empty hall peter ivanovitch did not seem startled in the least the young man could not control a dry uneasy laugh the great revolutionist remained unmoved with an effect of commonplace homely superiority curse him said razumov to himself he is waiting behind his spectacles for me to give myself away then aloud with a satanic enjoyment of the scorn prompting him to play with the greatness of the great man ah peter ivanovitch if you only knew the force which drew no, which drove me towards you the irresistible force he did not feel any desire to laugh now this time peter ivanovitch moved his head sideways knowingly as much as to say don't i this expressive movement was almost imperceptible razumov went on in secret derision all these days you have been trying to read me peter ivanovitch that is natural i have perceived it and i have been frank perhaps you may think i have not been very expansive but with a man like you it was not needed it would have looked like an impertinence perhaps and besides we russians are prone to talk too much as a rule i have always felt that and yet as a nation we are dumb i assure you that i am not likely to talk to you so much again (laughs) ha 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 razumov still keeping on the lower step came a little nearer to the great man you have been condescending enough i quite understood it was to lead me on you must render me the justice that i have not tried to please i have been impelled compelled or rather sent let us say sent towards you for a work that no one but myself can do you would call it a harmless delusion a ridiculous delusion at which you don't even smile it is absurd of me to talk like this yet some day you shall remember these words i hope enough of this here i stand before you confessed but one thing more i must add to complete it a mere blind tool i can never consent to be whatever acknowledgment razumov was prepared for he was not prepared to have both his hands seized in the great man's grasp the swiftness of the movement was aggressive enough to startle the burly feminist could not have been quicker had his purpose been to jerk razumov treacherously up on the landing and bundle him behind one of the numerous closed doors nearby. this idea actually occurred to razumov his hands being released after a darkly eloquent squeeze he smiled with a beating heart straight at the beard and the spectacles hiding that impenetrable man he thought to himself it stands confessed in his handwriting i won't move from here till he either speaks or turns away this is a duel many seconds passed without a sign or sound yes yes the great man said hurriedly in subdued tones as if the whole thing had been a stolen breathless interview exactly come to see us here in a few days this must be gone into deeply deeply between you and me quite to the bottom to the and by the by, you must bring along natalia victorovna you know the holden girl am i to take this as my first instruction from you inquired razumov stiffly peter ivanovitch seemed perplexed by this new attitude ah hm, you are naturally the proper person la personne every one shall be wanted presently every one he bent down from the landing over razumov who had lowered his eyes the moment of action approaches he murmured razumov did not look up he did not move till he heard the door of the drawing-room close behind the greatest of feminists returning to his painted egeria then he walked down slowly into the hall the door stood open and the shadow of the house was lying aslant over the greatest part of the terrace while crossing it slowly he lifted his hat and wiped his damp forehead expelling his breath with force to get rid of the last vestiges of the air he had been breathing inside he looked at the palms of his hands and rubbed them gently against his thighs he felt bizarre as it may seem as though another self an independent sharer of his mind had been able to view his whole person very distinctly indeed this is curious he thought after a while he formulated his opinion of it in the mental ejaculation beastly this disgust vanished before a marked uneasiness this is an effect of nervous exhaustion he reflected with weary sagacity how am i to go on day after day if i have no more power of resistance moral resistance he followed the path at the foot of the terrace moral resistance moral resistance he kept on repeating these words mentally moral endurance yes that was the necessity of the situation an immense longing to make his way out of these grounds into the other end of the town of throwing himself on his bed and going to sleep for hours swept everything clean out of his mind for a moment is it possible that i am but a weak creature after all he asked himself in sudden alarm Eh? what's that he gave a start as if awakened from a dream he even swayed a little before recovering himself ah you stole away from us quietly to walk about here he said the lady companion stood before him but how she came there he had not the slightest idea her folded arms were closely cherishing the cat I have been unconscious as i walked it's a positive fact said razumov to himself in wonder he raised his hat with marked civility the sallow woman blushed duskily she had her invariably scared expression as if somebody had just disclosed to her some terrible news but she held her ground razumov noticed without timidity she is incredibly shabby he thought in the sunlight her black costume looked greenish with here and there threadbare patches where the stuff seemed decomposed by age into a velvety black furry state her very hair and eyebrows looked shabby razumov wondered whether she were sixty years old her figure though was young enough he observed that she did not appear starved but rather as if she had been fed on unwholesome scraps and leavings of plates razumov smiled amiably and moved out of her way she turned her head to keep her scared eyes on him i know what you have been told in there she affirmed without preliminaries her tone in contrast with her manner had an unexpectedly assured character which put razumov at his ease do you you must have heard all sorts of talk on many occasions in there she varied her phrase with the same incongruous effect of positiveness i know to a certainty what you have been told to do really razumov shrugged his shoulders a little he was about to pass on with a bow when a sudden thought struck him. Yes, to be sure. In your confidential position you are aware of many things, he murmured, looking at the cat. That animal got a momentary convulsive hug from the lady companion. Everything was disclosed to me a long time ago, she said. Everything, Razumov repeated absently. Peter Ivanovitch is an awful despot, she jerked out. Razumov went on studying the stripes on the grey fur of the cat an iron will is an integral part of such a temperament how else could he be a leader and i think you are mistaken in-there she cried you tell me that i am mistaken but i tell you all the same that he cares for no one she jerked her head up don't you bring that girl here that's what you have been told to do to bring that girl here listen to me you had better tie a stone round her neck and throw her into the lake razumov had a sensation of chill and gloom as if a heavy cloud had passed over the sun. The girl, he said, what have I to do with her? But you have been told to bring Natalie Haldin here. Am I not right? Of course I am right. I was not in the room, but I know. I know Peter Ivanovitch sufficiently well. He is a great man. Great men are horrible. Well, that's it. Have nothing to do with her. That's the best you can do, unless you want her to become like me. Disillusioned, disillusioned like you repeated razumov glaring at her face as devoid of all comeliness of feature and complexion as the most miserable beggar is of money he smiled still feeling chilly a peculiar sensation which annoyed him disillusioned as to peter ivanovitch is that all you have lost she declared looking frightened but with immense conviction peter ivanovitch stands for everything then she added in another tone keep the girl away from this house and are you absolutely inciting me to disobey peter ivanovitch just because-because you are disillusioned she began to blink directly i saw you for the first time i was comforted you took your hat off to me you looked as if one could trust you oh she shrank before razumov's savage snarl of i have heard something like this before she was so confounded that she could do nothing but blink for a long time it was your humane manner she explained plaintively i have been starving for i won't say kindness but just for a little civility for i don't know how long and now you are angry but no on the contrary he protested i am very glad you trust me it's possible that later on i may yes if you were to get ill she interrupted eagerly or meet some bitter trouble you would find i am not a useless fool you have only to let me know i will come to you i will indeed and i will stick to you misery and i are old acquaintances but this life here is worse than starving she paused anxiously then in a voice for the first time sounding really timid she added or if you were engaged in some dangerous work sometimes a humble companion i would not want to know anything i would follow you with joy i could carry out orders i have the courage razumov looked attentively at the scared round eyes at the withered sallow round cheeks they were quivering about the corners of the mouth she wants to escape from here he thought suppose i were to tell you that i am engaged in dangerous work he uttered slowly she pressed the cat to her threadbare bosom with a breathless exclamation ah then not much above a whisper under peter ivanovitch no not under peter ivanovitch he read admiration in her eyes and made an effort to smile then alone he held up his closed hand with the index raised like this finger he said she was trembling slightly but it occurred to razumov that they might have been observed from the house and he became anxious to be gone she blinked raising up to him her puckered face and seemed to beg mutely to be told something more to be given a word of encouragement for her starving grotesque and pathetic devotion can we be seen from the house asked razumov confidentially she answered without showing the slightest surprise at the question no we can't on account of this end of the stables and she added with an acuteness which surprised razumov "But anybody looking out of an upstairs window would know that you have not passed through the gates yet who's likely to spy out of the window queried razumov peter ivanovitch she nodded why should he trouble his head he expects somebody this afternoon you know the person there's more than one she had lowered her eyelids razumov looked at her curiously Of course you hear everything they say she murmured without any animosity so do the tables and chairs he understood that the bitterness accumulated in the heart of that helpless creature had got into her veins and like some subtle poison had decomposed her fidelity to that hateful pair it was a great piece of luck for him he reflected because women are seldom venal after the manner of men who can be bought for material considerations she would be a good ally though it was not likely that she was allowed to hear as much as the tables and chairs at the chateau borel that could not be expected but still and at any rate she could be made to talk when she looked up her eyes met the fixed stare of Razumov, who began to speak at once well well dear but upon my word i haven't the pleasure of knowing your name yet isn't it strange for the first time she made a movement of the shoulders is it strange no one is told my name no one cares no one talks to me no one writes to me my parents don't even know if i'm alive i have no use for a name and i have almost forgotten it myself razumov murmured gravely yes but still she went on much slower with indifference you may call me tekla then my poor andrei called me so i was devoted to him he lived in wretchedness and suffering and died in misery that is the lot of all us russians nameless russians there is nothing else for us and no hope anywhere unless unless what unless all these people with names are done away with she finished blinking and pursing up her lips it will be easier to call you tekla as you direct me said razumov if you consent to call me Kirillo when we are talking like this quietly only you and me and he said to himself here's a being who must be terribly afraid of the world else she would have run away from this situation before then he reflected that the mere fact of leaving the great man abruptly would make her a suspect she could expect no support or countenance from anyone this revolutionist was not fit for an independent existence she moved with him a few steps blinking and nursing the cat with a small balancing movement of her arms yes only you and i that's how i was with my poor andre only he was dying killed by these official brutes while you you are strong you kill the monsters you have done a great deed peter ivanovitch himself must consider you well don't forget me especially if you are going back to work in russia i could follow you carrying anything that was wanted at a distance you know or i could watch for hours at the corner of a street if necessary in wet or snow yes i could all day long or i could write for you dangerous documents lists of names or instructions so that in case of mischance the handwriting could not compromise you and you need not be afraid if they were to catch me i would know how to keep dumb we women are not so easily daunted by pain i heard peter ivanovitch say it is our blunt nerves or something we can stand it better and it's true i would just as soon bite my tongue out and throw it at them as not what's the good of speech to me who would ever want to hear what i could say ever since i closed the eyes of my poor andrei i haven't met a man who seemed to care for the sound of my voice i should never have spoken to you if the very first time you appeared here you had not taken notice of me so nicely i could not help speaking of you to that charming dear girl oh the sweet creature and strong one can see that at once if you have a heart don't let her set her foot in here good-bye razumov caught her by the arm her emotion at being thus seized manifested itself by a short struggle after which she stood still not looking at him but you can tell me he spoke in her ear why they these people in that house there are so anxious to get hold of her she freed herself to turn upon him as if made angry by the question don't you understand that peter ivanovitch must direct inspire influence it is the breath of his life there can never be too many disciples he can't bear thinking of anyone escaping him and a woman too there is nothing to be done without women he says he has written it he the young man was staring at her passion When she broke off suddenly and ran away behind the stable. End of part three, chapter two, section two, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.